the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I'll be honest with you. There's not, at the start of the day, a ton of stories that I'm seeing out there that look like we're going to be talking about the markets for very long. So we'll probably switch into a little bit more financial planning mode um, after I get through the couple of headlines that are out there. It's easy to lose money in stocks, and my goal is to get you to the point where you're making money in stocks. Uh, one of the things that I try to do is show you the stories and, and the way you should approach them. You know, to me, bad news is good news. And I had a conversation with a friend. Uh, I spent a large amount of time with my dog this weekend. I know you're saying, wow. <laughs> but there was a human involved here or there. Um, and he was like, he approaches investing as looking for winners. And I approach investing as looking for opportunities. And that goes deeper and deeper than you could think and it's a lot more pervasive than you would imagine as far as investing. And kind of where I'm going at with this is I think most people, including my friend, they look for winners and not opportunities. And I think you make a big mistake when you do that. I'll try to explain that. Professional bettors over the weekend had a huge lean towards Seattle. Average Joes, and not the pros, but average Joes, they had a huge leaning towards Denver. Maybe it was the Richard Sherman rant that turned people off on Seattle or turned them on to Denver. Um, It's tough to really put it in perspective and say definitively, uh, one way or the other. But a lot of the professional bettors, they look for the line that isn't as rewarding. So they're not looking for the big ups. They're looking for the sideways action where they can make a little bit of money. It's an odd way of thinking of things. But professional bettors are professional bettors for a reason. They're not trying to hit a home run. And when I was telling that, I was talking to a friend, and he was like, you know, uh, I'm listening to you. I'm maxing out my 401k. I'm listening to you. I'm doing this and that. And what you really need to listen to is is that I say that every year, max out the 401k. What I really, if you listen to it, I'm pushing is time and time again, you want down years. So January was down 3.5%. I'm not upset. 3.5% to me is an opportunity to get a discount. It is not maxing out at an all-time high. We'll go to all-time highs. We'll get there. I could use 10 years in a row that are bad. I'd be thrilled because I still have more than 10 years to invest. 
as long as we hit all-time highs in 11 years, that's that's the way I'd prefer it. You know, the, the sad part about that is 10 down years in the market would equal a really rough economy. And probably what I would be losing in my uh, investments, I'd also be losing, or probably the opportunities that would be happening in investments would probably create you know, a lot of job losses and a lot of a lot of bad things in society. So, like, there was a prop bet yesterday for four and a half sacks, and that's what professionals bet on because they saw Russell Wilson as mobile. They saw Peyton Manning as a guy who doesn't take a lot of sacks. That would have been a big winner. It wasn't sexy, but it was a very big opportunity. What a boring Super Bowl, right? It was kind of felt over... After the first three drives, when Denver was like one two three one two three one two three. Anyhow and anyway, um, let me focus on the show for a second here. It's a new month. Welcome to February. We've just completed the worst January since 2010. Back when you were three years younger. Like okay, so I'm not gonna even say that out loud, right? The SP 500 was down 3.6 percent. For the month of January, it's down 10 points today, down 90 points on the Dow, down 26 points on the NASDAQ. It's not that bad. January has a history of being a good month for the stock market since bonus money. At the end of the year, it hits. Uh, retirement funds, money gets put back to work. You know, again, I put in, I think, a 1000 a paycheck. So I max out at some point in time earlier in the year. So I have more money at the end of the year. But I have more money going in in the first three quarters of the year than the last quarter. No clear catalyst out there today to say, be happy. China's PMI was disappointing. Can't be happy with that. Japan's Nikkei dropped 2%. An AFC team, well, I guess an NFC team won, which is uh, a positive indicator. Although last year an NFC team lost, and it was still a very positive year. So, very, very token Friday getting kicked out around. Um, we had an ugly Friday. We had an ugly month. So, Monday, we come to the markets, and again, I think we need a 10% correction just to, to say we've done it. We haven't, and every down move has been a buying opportunity. And I kind of want some blood. Blood is an indicator of life to me. And not robot. Robot buys the stock market when it dips 3%. I kind of want some blood. I want some people losing some skin. Janet Yellen is going to be sworn in as Fed person. She doesn't. She wants to be known as Fed chair and not Fed chairwoman. Um, and you're like, okay, check. I'll see if I can remember that. So the ECB, the European Central Bank, and the Bank of England are both going to make policy announcements this week on Thursday. It's still earnings season, so Yum Brands is going to report tonight, amongst others. But Yum Brands is important because they got that angle on the Chinese consumer, which by every economist, China's going to be important from a consumer standpoint in our lifetime. I was talking with Mark Dannon this morning, and no one really thinks that Inflation is going to be that big of a component of our life. Last time, inflation was really important in the United States. Really, really important, as far as the statistic goes, was the 1970s. Now, everyone knows 
college inflation is a problem. Wage, it goes up too much. Wage inflation is a problem. It's not going up very much. We all know home inflation for the haves is great. For the have-nots, it's horrible. Just some things to think about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, I'm a big fan of studying as much as I can, as often as I can. So we will do what we can today, whether it be Anadarko or Yum Brands. Uh, we are in that last real week of earnings season. It's been a good se- earnings season. It has been great. It ha- it's definitely not been bad. It's been on the side of warm and not on the side of cold, as far as Goldilocks would consider. I would say it's just right. But with that said, after a strong September, October, November, December, I'm not surprised to see that January is a down month. If you were to take January every month, you'd be pretty upset. But if you were to take December, January, you'd be thrilled. If you were to take that combination of September, October, November, December, and a week January, you'd be thrilled. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Ears or rears, if you know what I mean. I'm Dr. Frank Pompey, founder of Exogen. Thousands of hospitals and clinics rely on temporal scanning. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Always doing some public speaking events around the corner. Um, I don't have any Money 101s scheduled until March, April, but I do have some wealth preservation and retirement income events coming up. You can learn more about the one coming up in Pleasanton by going to robblack.com. It's robblack.com. All 50 states have gas over $3 at this point in time. The cost of a gallon of regular gas has moved above $3 in all 50 states, even states near refineries. Uh, proximity near refineries is pretty important. Large oil fields can no longer boast that they've broken the $3 barrier on the downside. Um, as far as closeness to, like, Houston, close to refineries, or close to oil kind of thing. Um, one of the interesting things in the United States is we're getting more miles per gallon because, you know, previous presidents have set higher MP- MPG standards to have our car fleet in the United States abide by. Car fleet meaning a company like Toyota, they sell a lot of trucks at three miles per gallon. They've got to sell a lot more cars at 50 miles a gallon. And that's kind of showing you that they blend it, if that makes any sense. I think it does. I think it does. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Taking a quick look, January was down. Very negative month in last week especially. Uh, the SP 500 is down 17 today, not starting February well. The Dow down 141, the NASDAQ down 48. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. I want to do a topic today with you, Chad, if you don't mind, on bonds. Stocks means you own a little piece of that corporation. Bonds means it's an IOU. Mm-hmm. There's different types of bonds. There's government bonds. There's corporate bonds. There's municipal bonds. Um, there's foreign market bonds. There's berry bonds. There's floating rate bonds. There's a lot of bonds. Yeah. I bonds, zero coupon bonds. What do we need to know about bonds, in your opinion? 
Wow, and that's, that's a tough one because this is really the hardest area to manage right now, Rob. I mean, we're looking at historical low interest rates on bonds. We're looking at the Federal Reserve buying, you know, billions and trillions of dollars worth of bonds over the last couple of years. They were buying at the short end of the curve. Now they're going to be buying at the long end of the curve. So it, what you need to know about bonds, I think, first and foremost, is is look at the holdings in your bond fund that you've been owning inside your 401ks because a lot of people own bonds for a nice little income, Right. Right. And then for a cushion when the stock market drops. So the idea of having a balanced portfolio or bonds in it means that because bonds aren't doing as well as stocks when the stocks are rallying, they'll they'll have a cushion for the downside, and in the long run, they win. But a lot of bun, bonds, because the yields are so low, they've been having to buy preferred stocks and, and stocks yielding up at the 3 and 4% range to keep their income high. So a lot of people are, are in bonds right now, bond funds that are becoming closet stock funds, and I don't think they might realize the overall risk that's there. So, you know, it's something that you you do have to peel gains from. So let's let's look at the different types, right? right. You've got government on the corporate side. You've got high quality bonds, which are typically AAA or well, let's see, AA rated and above, right? Right. Then you've got junk bonds and then convertible bonds. We bought a lot of convertible bonds and high-yield or junk bonds in 2009 in about May when they had dropped drastically. They were baby out with the bathwater. Then we had 20 or 30% returns on those funds. That's not normal. So when you get high returns on a certain area of bond funds, you really have to be careful about peeling off the growth. Um, Also, you got to look at big price jumps like tips, for example, have jumped drastically when we really don't have a lot of inflation yet. Um, so look for opportunities when, when things like tips or treasury inflation protected bonds, when they pull back five or 6%, that's when your buying opportunities typically are. Which again, we grew up, Chad, you and I both grew up at the same era and we thought bonds were for old people. I feel bad for old people right now because interest rates are so low that bonds really aren't necessarily for them mm-hmm. because the bonds don't have the yield that it used to. So seniors can't put their money in the bank. They can't get money on CDs. It's too, too low of rates. They, mm-hmm. The bonds, they have to increase their risk profile. And you don't really want to necessarily increase your risk profile with bonds because bonds are considered a little bit you know, more consistent than stocks. Yeah, I mean, for the next couple of years, I can see why a 20- or 30-year-old don't just simply dividend-paying stocks instead of bonds. Because um, they can deal with the volatility. If the market has a big correction, they have time to either add more in after the correction or or save more in the long run. But older people, they can't really steer. You know, they have to stay the course. And and when you're older and you're close to retirement, you need three years worth of expenses in cash. I know your cash isn't earning anything, but don't put that cash to work in high risk bond funds. You've got to have three years' worth of your portfolio drawn cash and then a balanced portfolio and make sure that the bond side of your balanced portfolio is diversified, uh, meaning you've got some governments, you've got some Ginnie Mays, a little bit of convertibles and corporates, but your duration, that's what you've got to pay attention to. You don't want bonds that are, that are really outside of the five- to seven-year range right now, in my opinion, because um, you know two years just aren't attractive. They don't give you much income. And going out longer than five to seven years in duration on bonds, the length of maturity, you're taking on too much long-term interest rate risk. I remember when I first got into the business, I, I, I was trying to study bonds and analyze bonds, and it's difficult. That's a totally different skill set than analyzing stocks. So I think it's, it's key, important, that seniors or wealthy people don't do their own bond work because it's not the same as stock work. It's, it's a different art. Yeah, you know, when interest rates are really high and heading down, that's the time where you can just kind of no-brainer buy bonds directly and hold them till maturity. When we're in situations like this where it's unclear in the next two years where rates will kind of head, 
Yeah. Um, it's really helpful to get a good no-load bond fund manager. I like that you trying to say bonds, buns. Buns, German buns. I think we're just hearing way too much about that yeah, yeah. in the, the news But I think in times like this where the, the clarity on where interest rates are moving, that's where having a bond manager is, is attractive. But I, I can tell you that if we go through a period where, let's say, by 2015 rates are high, right. and it looks like they're leveling out or coming down, I'm going to sell all my bond funds and buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. I'm an individual bond kind of guy. Now, let's do one last topic on bonds. When we were growing up, there was a theory that you should take your age, 100 minus your age, and that's how much you should have in bonds or in stocks or bonds. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And then and they again, changed it to like 120 minus your age. I think it's, it's garbage either way. Because what, what you're doing is when you're dollar cost averaging, what it makes sense is when you're adding to your portfolio every month because of your paycheck, right? Right. But in retirement... To reverse dollar cost average does not work. The reason why is because that means every month you're selling something when you withdraw your, your paycheck to live, you're selling something at a loss. Because if stocks are going up 7 out of 10 years, usually bonds can be, could be falling during that period of time, for example. So you're always selling something at a loss. So that's why you have to have safe money, a bond portfolio, a dividend-paying stock portfolio, and then your dividends and your bonds pay your safe money. Right. And then you rebalance and pull the gains off the table to uh, continue to keep your safe money at that three-year level. So you know, timing the market doesn't make a difference when you're younger. It does when you're older. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner, and he's at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. KDOW traffic. Big delays in San Francisco and this. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So profit margins continue to be one of the hot topics. A lot of experts agree that we're due for some profit margin contraction as wages will eventually increase. But for now, the data continues to show that margins are getting fatter and fatter. The operating margin for the fourth quarter is tracking at 8.9%. That's the peak that hit all-time high of in third quarter of 2011. So... The majority of the operating margin is due to you know, a lot of negative atypical operating income and pension-related gains. So a lot of people expect profit margins to remain flat. Um, some people see a further expansion all the way up to 9.5%. Uh, the benefit of lower pension costs is not you know, a surprise. As companies continue to take pensions off their books, it's put you know, uh, funds with the stock market have market has performed well, pensions have gotten back to their well-funded status, and that takes some of the stresses off companies that do offer pensions. So one thing, if you're, I don't know, if you're pro-Wall Street, anti-Wall Street, 
pro Wall Street will say those profit margins are pretty, pretty darn fat. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, Part of what we're going to be doing in the coming days and weeks is we'll be saying, you know, is this really all weather-related weakness? Or is it kind of like ushering in a slowdown? Poor weather continues to impact a lot. Record low temperatures in December and January have been cited for a lot of that disappointment in weaker-than-expected housing-related numbers. Labor market economic data. Um, If it's cold, people stay in. So what else do people do when it's cold? So I'm not going to answer that question. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Airline fees. I was looking through a recent list of airline fees, and one of the things that really hit me was Delta Airlines charging $400 to change a ticket on an international flight. That's a $150 increase over its most expensive flight change fee in 2011. American Airlines will charge you $450 for an overweight checked bag weighing 71 to 100 pounds for international flights. It, it, I mean, it seriously makes you almost want to go overseas naked. Like, that's intimidating. Charging passengers, you know, fees is the name of the game now because it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, airlines in the United States reported revenues of $2.6 billion from baggage fees. $2.1 billion last year from reservation change fees. Think about that. $2.1 billion just to change your reservation. That's insane. Now, there's also fees, of course, tied towards you know check-in. A little bit early for $9. And that could range as high as $59. So, the most expensive fee for a checked bag in the United States on a domestic flight is $100. Um, and it's done, thank you, Spirit Airlines. So it's pretty impressive how big these fees are. Like, they've got fees that you would never imagine. Spirit, for instance, charges a $25 for a phone booking. Um, so they want you to do it within online. They've got an additional charge of $100 for booking within six days of departure. Like... Okay, can't the ticket price just be the ticket price? Nope. Too much money. And that's one of the reasons why you should probably invest in an airline right now. Five, ten years ago, they didn't have this. Well, they did five years ago, but 10, 15, 20 years. They had labor problems. They've basically broken the unions. And they had too much competition where they would lower prices on each other. And that's not the case at this point in time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I have a friend that just recently moved uh, from the suburbs into the city of San Francisco. And, 
You know, my opinion on that is probably not a good one in the Bay Area. Um, there's a lot of cities in the United States that are growing fast that have lower cost of living. San Francisco has just got such a high cost of living. Um, there's a lot of cities in the United States that are in a recession, which is surprising. Um, you know, like Charlottesville, Virginia, home of the University of Virginia. Their employment's down 2% year over year. Um, and that's creating recession-like scenarios. Um, Yuma, Arizona, their employment's down roughly 2%. And what's at Yuma is an Air Force station. And I have a friend whose father opened up a you know photo developing business, which is hilarious to think about. He went out of business when people were still developing photos because he had built his business right next to a, a military base, and that military base shut down. So basically, he lost all of his customers. It does, again, show you the thought on how important it is to locate your home purchase close to something that's going to be around for a while. Um, you know, in Stockton, their biggest industry is cutting the heads off a chicken and watching them bleed out. In San Francisco, you basically have to be an engineer or have an engineer's salary. Otherwise, you're, you're angry at Google. You're protesting. So decisions on where you live and where you buy can, you know, decide if you're going to have any money left over. Most people live beyond their ways and means. That's a little tragic. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Got a big event coming up in Pleasanton a couple Thursdays from now. You can find out more at robblack.com. This is kind of interesting. The Super Bowl, had it been played 12 hours later, would have been blanketed in snow. A big snowstorm hits 12 hours after the game. So what's that mean to you and me, who are safe and sweet at home, cozying up? Uh, Nice day. Yeah, we had to deal with some rain, which I think that'll start becoming a story soon. Uh, The next Super Bowl is going to be played in the Bay Area, and... It, had it been played yesterday, it would have been a rainy Super Bowl. It rained all day yesterday, on and off, but all day in Santa Clara. So people are going to start talking about that. Now, again, it's not a snow issue, but it's certainly not sunny Southern California. Um, so a lot of Super Bowl people went to the game yesterday, right, across the nation. And the storm hits 12 hours after the game. What's that mean? It means they're not flying home. Once again, we're going to have to turn on the television to watch about flight delays. A lot of flight delays coming out of New York, New Jersey, because of the recent storm that hit 12 hours after the Super Bowl. Historically, February ranks as the second worst month of the year for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I said, bring it on. What else can you say? I like down markets, I cannot lie. Like, I really like down markets. Now, I can't go around and say that because you would go, you're crazy. But I really, really like down markets. Uh, knowing that my money goes into my 401k in a down market makes me happy. It makes me very, very happy. Um, now, again, that tells us that there are wealth accumulators and there's wealth managers. I am more of an accumulator. Later in life, I will do more managing. I'm doing a little bit of managing now, but uh, 
Uh, I'm okay. Uh, limited Brands increased its annual cash dividend 13% to buck 36 a share. It declared a $1 special dividend. Is there anything interesting to note about that? Not really. It's one of those financial headlines that is good. Uh, limited Brands, obviously. You know the store Limited, but you also know the store Victoria's Secret. Um, so yes, you can invest in bras, which is an interesting way of putting it. Radio Shack had a pretty interesting ad yesterday. I would say probably the most interesting to me. And they did a commercial that featured Norm, well, it wasn't Norm, but, uh, who was Norm's buddy on Cheers? Oh, the mailman. Cliff. Uh, Twisted Sister, Hulk Hogan, Eric Estrada, all these 80s icons. And basically, they took the store and ripped it into shreds. And that's radio's say a way of saying out with the old, in with the new. I've often said that if you ever find me in a Radio Shack, I'll give you $10,000 cash. Now, Radio Shack is also publicly traded. So the story has some you know, noteworthiness. I've said in the past, and I, I still stand by this as a concept, and I don't know all the deals with the leases, and I don't know all the deals that were made and all the locations of Radio Shack, but it seems to me that someone like a Google or an Apple would be wise to buy Radio Shack for its retail locations, even a Best Buy. You know, I need stuff from Best Buy that can be contained in a small store that doesn't need their big store format. Like, and they could probably figure out their top 40 selling items and put it into a small one. And then if they don't have it, they'll order it for you and you can pick it up that day or the next day. Someone needs to buy Radio Shack because I don't get the product. Now, maybe that's why their commercial was such a hit yesterday. Um, Their stock is up 6.5% today. All tied towards the Super Bowl ad of out with the old, in with the new. And maybe I'll have to stop making that joke if you ever see me in a Radio Shack. I'll give you $10,000. Because, you know, when you need that converter to change your projector, um, it can be problematic, to say the least. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Activision is in the news today. Fourth quarter earnings report coming on February 6th. That's later this week. Today we're getting earnings from Yum Brands. But Activision's interesting note because the fourth quarter showed the launch of the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. And GameStop has come out already with a weak fourth quarter and Electronic Arts came out with a weak fourth quarter. Now, Activision's not Electronic Arts. They've got a different model. In the past, Electronic Arts really milked their sports franchises, like Madden, while Activision developed, you know, uh, a different kind of franchise angle. They did a lot of um, winter um, sports. They did a lot of, uh, you know, snowboarding, Sean White, um, skateboarding. So they went with the the younger sports, per se, while... uh, Electronic Arts really focused on the football 
franchise and to some degree other franchises, but that was their big one, Madden. So does Activision have some cost structure levers in their earnings forecast as well as their earnings report? Um, it should have a good 2014. What's interesting to note is the hardware companies, Microsoft and Sony, they sell the product at a loss because they know they're going to make money back in years two, three, four, five. After you've had the console and you've had it for numerous years, you've bought numerous titles from typically Electronic Arts or Activision. Now, in this world of online apps, that may start to change a little bit, but EA is pretty dominant as is Activision with Call of Duty. So it's not really year one that they do well because they don't figure out the, all the technology benefits. It's typically years two, three, four, five, of which, to me, EA and Activision have become very much so boring. I'm not saying that they've been totally destroyed by the world of apps, but it kind of feels that way. Um, so it's an area that I don't invest in. We spend more as a nation on video games than we do at the movies. Now, Electronic Arts is near its 52-week high, but when you start pulling out like a five-year chart of it, you become very, very disappointed. A 10-year chart, eh, you're not that disappointed. It's gone from about $22 a share to where it is now, $27, $28 a share. So it's had some play in 10 years. But you would really have to go back to 1995 and 1990 to say that you were a big, successful investor in EA. So they're going to have to change something up. Maybe it's the new cycle. Maybe it's they acquire competition. Maybe it's that they start focusing more on profit and they fire people. But companies that have stagnated for 10, 15 years or haven't done their best work in 15 years, as far as share prices go, you tend to see a shakeup. Speaking of shakeups, and this is... This is almost what scares me about the web right now in the mobile apps. Is There's a new app called Wingman, and it's designed to help you get lucky while flying. Basically, anyone in the world now can make an app about anything. That scares me a little bit because a lot of these apps are getting funded. Um, there's an app that was featured on Shark Tank on Friday that we talked about last year. Basically, it's your iPhone doing a 360 shot using the little, you know, motion sensors inside of it to stay balanced as it spins around, which is pretty cool. But what what value do we put on apps? It's There's a lot of them out there. This is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Another accident this morning from San Jose in this Bay Area update brought to you by... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. Rob Black, Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. If there's anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money is a means to an end for me. I want to get you to retirement with enough money to last till the day you die. Um, I want you to see trends 
you know, last segment I briefly talked about Papa John's and Domino's. And what is that trend? That trend is online commerce is growing. And a company like a Papa John's who has a loyalty program, maybe not you. And this has always been one of the tougher things to explain in the Bay Area. Is we have so many lovely restaurants that it's tough to talk about chains and why they're so successful as investments, typically in their first three years. Some of the longer companies like McDonald's clearly has been a much bigger winner after the first three years. But the first three years, restaurant chains can do very, very well with just crazy things like revenue growth. You know, you go from four Pete's Coffees to 16 Pete's Coffees to 300 Pete's Coffees over a three-year period, and people love that story. Like, that's a good story. I know you're saying, please don't talk like that ever again. I promise I won't. Um, Now, chains, obviously, because they get big, they run into problems with food costs, with natural gas costs, with the economy. So, for instance, one of the chains that I'm looking at right now is Cheesecake Factory. Now, you've been to Cheesecake Factory. The thing that I don't get, because, and again, I don't know their operations well enough to comment on it, I used to work in the restaurant industry in college and pre-college. You know, waiters, sometimes line cook. I I mean, I've done it all, right? Which is something the new generation of kids haven't really done, but I'm not going to get into that um, quite yet. So Cheesecake Factory is one of those companies we all know, we all understand. They always seem busy, right? The thing that I don't understand with them is their their menu. It's just so huge. 200 items on their menu. The company is in 35 states, so they theory they still have 15 more states to go. Or maybe they just don't want to be in Montana kind of thing. They own 175 casual dining restaurants. One of the problems with the company is when they do make the decision to grow from 15 restaurants to 30 restaurants to 60 restaurants, it does cost money to start up those restaurants. Each Cheesecake Factory restaurant has a unique design. All of them have a little Vegas-style glitz to them. So they've got 160 locations um, of their flagship concept, but they've also got some other concepts out there. Uh, for instance, they've got what's called Rock Lux Cafes, uh, Grand Lux Cafes, and they've also got the Rock Sugar Pan Asian Kitchen. Now, I've never seen a Rock Sugar Pan Asian Kitchen, so clearly there's not a lot of them. It's something that they could grow if they want to. But I came back to that because, like, you know, Cheesecake Factory versus Applebee's. Oof. I'm going Cheesecake Factory, right? Cheesecake Factory versus P.F. Chang's. Maybe a push. Now, I looked at the chart of Cheesecake Factory, and it's got some notable notable weakness on a regular basis. Um, it, it, it spikes up. It comes back down. It spikes up. It comes back down. But what's interesting is it's gone up from 1990 to 1995, 1995 to 2005, 2005 to 2010 now, it went down. 2010 to 2015, or 2014, it's up. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 4 out of 5, 5-year five periods where it's up. Now, again, they're going to get to the point where they hit the penetration problems. And <laughs> that sounds like a, a bad Pfizer commercial, right? Pfizer's Viagra penet
but the restaurants will get to the point where they become oversaturated. And that's one of the problems like Chipotle is facing. Is they're still growing their restaurant theme across the United States. They've got a long way to go. Chipotle is not a name brand in Virginia. But then they've started to open up some other concepts to see, you know, do they have a backup plan for growth? Wall Street wants to see that. So um, this goes back to pizza in a funny way. In my opinion, pizza's doing something very, very right. And that's not fun, and it's really, really difficult to talk about in the Bay Area. Again, because we've got so many great restaurants. So as that becomes a difficult thing to talk about, you could you know, clearly learn that the pizza wars are for real. But they're also doing a pretty good job of getting penetration into new areas. And the new areas that they're getting into are apps. The whole thing that, you know, Starbucks does so well, it's the app. And what does that mean? It's getting you to put your credit card so that you could pay for it by a flashier phone. That's mobile commerce. So the pizza guys are now starting to get into mobile commerce. And the percentage of slices of pizza sold is rising for the two major chains, Domino's and Papa John's. Now, this story becomes more interesting as you start thinking about it, you know. Um, The numbers are staggering. And what I mean by that is they're still pretty low as far as dominating the market, all things considered. So, but if you take a look at it, quick service chains, they've got a 71% share of the sandwich market, an 82% of the Mexican food market, a 96% ownership of the hamburger market. Papa John's and Domino's only have 55% of the domestic pizza market, up from 52%. So if they can get to numbers like 71, 82, or 96%, you would imagine just crazy upside. Now, Papa John's has a program that's very, very similar to Starbucks as far as a reward program goes, and people like that. Now, again, the pizza at Papa John's, I think, is miserable. The pizza at Domino's, I think, is miserable. When you, you know, eat at small restaurants around the country, you quickly learn that, yeah, you know, the the interesting thing is, is these guys can sell pizzas for $5.55 for a large pizza. Because it only costs them about $2 to make and then deliver. You know, a large pepperoni pizza, no more than a buck ninety total ingredients. And the most expensive part of that is the cheese. All 50 states in the United States now have gas over $3. That's interesting to note because one of the areas where we did okay last year was energy costs. Having energy costs that were on the flexible side allowed us to consumer spend a little bit more than maybe we want it to. Markets are lower today. Not really stressed by it. I really want a 10% correction, which takes us what will feel like a lot lower from all-time highs, where in reality it's not that bad. You know, the Dow's at 15,500 today, roughly. It's all-time high is 16,500. So you do 10% of that, and you see we've got another 500, 600 points on the downside 
easy. Just for a 10% correction. You're not guaranteed in the Constitution all-time highs. Stop thinking that you should be. AT&T has cut some of their wireless prices in an effort to get people back onto their side of the fence. So the mobile phone wars rage on, just like the cable wars do. So AT&T announced new price cuts for family plans, and they offered additional discounts for new customers. So they call it their best deal ever. They think people are going to save between 40 and $100 for a family of four. It's 10 gigabytes of data, unlimited minutes, and unlimited texting. It would be about $160 a month. Some of the plans by Verizon are about $260 a month, at least $220 per month at Sprint. So if you're a family of four, why not change to AT&T? You know, again, if you're going to save $440 a month, you're going to save you know $500 a year. Then again, I, I don't know. I want to go back to the day of a dumb phone. I don't know if I'll ever have the courage to do it. Maybe someone needs to remind me next time my phone breaks to just cut down to a dumb phone again. So on Friday we heard reports out of the New York Times, which is a pretty reliable source, that Apple's meeting with regulators in the United States health industry to see if they can't get some sort of health care approval for some sort of product that they're working on. That's pretty robust. That's not an app that's measuring how many supposed calories you're burning in a day. When you're trying to get the FDA approval on a product, it's maybe it's you know glucose monitoring. Maybe it's it, it's maybe it's got some blood pressure angle in it. Maybe it's got some other technologies that we don't know. We know that Apple has acquired an engineer who worked a lot on a medical patch that would send drugs in your body as needed. Think of it, you know, as uh, a very smart insulin system. So instead of waiting for your numbers to drop, constantly maintaining them throughout the day. Interesting concept. We don't know how Apple's going to implement that. People would want to assume that it's a phone uh, uh, tied towards your hand. Will it be an accessory to the phone? Will it have its phone? Will it be Bluetooth? Will it cause cancer on our hands? 800-516-1220. Best reason not to open up a Myra? I'll tell you about it when we come back. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 